0: That music was a sermon all by itself, wasn't it? That was fabulous. Trusting in the Lord, that's what we're all talking about. Being surprised by God. A couple of weeks ago, we heard Pastor Larry Trotter share with us his call into ministry. And in his story, he told us of his desire to become a professional pilot, which just didn't happen because of his unexpected issue with vertigo. It was this medical condition that caused his dream of becoming a professional pilot to die. When I heard Pastor Larry tell his story, I could empathize with him because I also had a dream to become a professional pilot. And that plan didn't work out for me either. It didn't matter that I had already earned a bachelor's degree in aerospace technology or that I had already earned my private pilot's license. My dream to become a professional pilot simply didn't come true. And it wasn't because I gave up very easily. It just didn't seem to be something that was attainable for me. When my ideal profession didn't work out, I tried to become an air traffic controller. And after I washed out of air traffic control school, I pursued being a flight attendant with at least two different airlines. But that didn't work out either. I was so passionate about working in the airline industry and honestly believed that that was going to be my calling in life, I became so discouraged. I even had several conversations with military recruiters to see if I could find an opportunity to fly in the Air Force or Navy in the Army, but that didn't work out either. You see, sometimes I am a bit stubborn and it took me a while to realize that I needed a different plan for my life. So I decided that I needed to listen to God. Can you believe it? I actually prayed for a while and then I was walking through my parents' living room and I saw a newspaper. And I thought, you know what? I need to open up that newspaper and see what's in it. Who are people, companies are looking for? What kind of talent do they want? Well, I opened up the newspaper and all I could find were want ads. And yes, I did use a newspaper. That's how old I am. Everyone ad, they were looking for people with a business degree. So more out of practicality than desire, I did decide to pursue a degree in business and discovered to my amazement that I was actually good at it once I was out in the workforce. Sometimes our dreams and desires don't gain momentum, and we discover to our surprise that God is calling us in a different direction. Has this ever happened to you The Bible is full of surprising stories, isn't it? God is willing to go to great lengths to get people's attention. For example, in Genesis 17, God gets the attention of Abraham when he promises him that he and his wife Sarah are going to have a son, something that seemed inconceivable because Abraham was close to 100 years old and Sarah was 90. Can you imagine God called Abraham, despite his reservations, to be the father of many nations. In Exodus 3, we see how God caught the attention of Moses. While Moses was tending to his father-in-law's sheep, Moses sees a bush that is on fire, but is not consumed by it. He's curious, and he moves closer to the bush, and he is surprised by God when he hears God call him. To lead the Israelites out of Egypt from slavery into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, despite Moses' reservations. And if you remember, he had many. In the book of Jonah, we read the account of how God surprised Jonah when he didn't follow God's call to preach to the people in Nineveh. God caught Jonah's attention when he was swallowed by a big fish and lived for three days inside the fish's belly while God waited for him to change his mind. Jonah repented and ended up preaching to the people with whom he had reservations about preaching to because they were evil and they were enemies of Israel. Yet I believe one of the most surprising stories of all is the conversion of the Apostle Paul which Paul alludes to in our scripture for today. You might remember the story. I am certain it was widely spread throughout the Christian community during his life. It is found in the chapter 9 of the book of Acts, and it is often referred to as Paul's road to Damascus conversion. Before his conversion to following Christ, Paul was known as Saul of Tarsus. Saul was a ruthless Pharisee on a quest to kill anyone who claimed to be a follower of Jesus. He saw the early Christians as a threat and wanted to wipe out the newly formed Christian church. Saul had received authority from the high priest to do so and apparently was pretty good at what he was set out to do. It goes without saying that his reputation preceded him and just the mere mention of his name caused Christians to tremble with fear. One day, as Saul and his companions journeyed on the road toward Damascus, they were struck down by a bright light. Through this encounter, Saul was blinded and was surprised to hear the voice of God in Jesus challenge what he was doing. After three days of working through his reservations, Saul was converted to Christianity and changed his name to Paul. He became a great leader in the Christian church and a great mentor to Timothy, whom he considered to be a son in the Christian faith. Today's scripture is found in a personal letter written by Paul to Timothy After his salutation, Paul challenges Timothy to oppose false religious teachers in Ephesus. He encourages him to be steadfast in his faith and reminds Timothy of Paul's own experience with the following words found in 1 Timothy 1, 12-17. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considers me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though... I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, but for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for all of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the one Only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. With this text, Paul conveys not only his thankfulness for what God has done through Christ Jesus to provide him with grace, but also with his surprise that God would use him, the worst of sinners, to further the mission of Jesus in the world. Around 10 years ago, God surprised me, and quite frankly, I surprised others with my call into full-time ministry. While my husband, Dennis, and some of my friends were supportive, others thought I was completely crazy. They challenged me with many questions. They wanted to be sure that I was in my right mind. A few thought that I was at a point in my life where I should be looking and preparing for retirement rather than preparing for a second career... I agreed. It did sound kind of crazy, and I couldn't explain it. I just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to take all of my skills and experience in business and apply it to full-time ministry. Because I have always been involved in church, the idea didn't seem too crazy to some, including me. But many questioned it because I have a background in business, and they didn't understand if I would be a good fit for a pastoral role. If you have ever wondered what it took to become a pastor in the United Methodist Church, I am here to tell you that it is not an easy path to travel and one filled with many steps. Once someone believes that they are called into ministry, they are invited to participate in a discernment process which begins in their local church to help them to determine whether they are truly being called into ministry. Once this process is completed, a person should have a pretty good idea if they're being called to serve the church in a pastoral role. And Two pastoral roles that are evidenced here at Concord are the elder and the deacon. An elder is called to word, service, sacrament, and order. In this pastoral role, they're responsible for preaching and teaching the word of God, providing pastoral care and counsel, administering the sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion, conducting weddings and funerals, and ordering the life of the church for service and mission and ministry. The deacon is called to a ministry of word, service, compassion, and justice. Deacons may serve within the church or outside the church walls in an extension ministry. They provide leadership in the church by teaching and proclaiming the gospel, assisting elders in administering the sacraments, developing disciples, conducting marriages and funerals, and leading the church by extending the mission and ministry of the church into the world. No matter which pastoral role one believes that they're being called to serve in, they must be interviewed and recommended by their local church staff parish committee and the senior pastor, be recommended by three people not related to them who truly believe that the person is being called into ministry, pass a background check, pass a psychological evaluation, pass a physical, and discuss their call to ministry with a board of ordained ministry, and then be assigned a mentor to help them through the rest of the process. Next, they must complete their master's degree or course of study at an approved seminary. Once the educational requirements are completed, all candidates prepare for commissioning. Preparing for commissioning consists of completing a vast array of forms, developing answers to a standard set set of questions found in the United Methodist Book of Discipline, preparing and delivering a sermon in front of a congregation, submitting the recorded sermon and associated transcript, transcript for evaluation, preparing a series of lessons to cover one book of the Bible, responding to scenario questions, and then interviewing with the board of ordained ministry for a day, which feels like an entire week. Once commissioned, a candidate for ordained ministry is provided with provisional status for three years, and during this time, they work in full-time ministry, complete a project, and then prepare and resubmit all of the items I just described to you once again to the Board of Ordained Ministry, and then go through another series of interviews. This time, the Board of Ordained Ministry is looking for fruits of the person's ministry for evidence that they should indeed be ordained. Because I am a very cautious person by nature, I chose to keep keep working full time while I completed my coursework at Asbury Theological Seminary, mostly one class at a time. And because I'm one of those list people that Pastor Will referred to last week in his sermon, at the end of each semester, I would happily review my spreadsheet of required classes and check each one off as I completed them. Completing yet another degree was a daunting task for me, especially since it had been a while since I had been in school. Even the word seminary provided me with a very daunting picture. I had to learn how to write theological papers, prepare and take exams, work on, with remote teams on assignments, I found my classwork to be very challenging, three semesters of internships to be exhausting, and truly relied on the Holy Spirit just to get me through the entire process. Just think of me as the little engine that could. (laughs) Evidently, there are several versions of this story, but I will share one that I found with you on Wikipedia, you know, the website which contains only factual information. This version was published by Disney in 1976. The story begins with a toy fill train pulled by a small red engine on its way to a town on the other side of the mountain. But the engine shortly breaks down upon reaching the mountain. The toy clown flags down other engines to help them. A shiny yellow passenger train, a big black freight engine, and a rusty old engine. The shiny passenger engine and the big freight engine both refuse to help them, and the rusty old engine is too tired and must rest. Finally, a little blue engine arrives. Although she is a switcher engine and has never been over the mountain, she agrees to help pull the train, and in the end, she was able to successfully reach the top of the mountain before slowly heading down towards the town. Do you remember what the switcher engine kept repeating to herself while she pulls the train up the mountain? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. However, instead of thinking, I think I can, I learned that with God's help, we can. Another paper to write? I think we can. Another exam to prepare for and take? I think we can. Another group project to complete. I think we can. God was walking with me each step of the way as I slowly but surely completed my coursework and requirements for commissioning on my path to become an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church. As I worked through this process, I would often have people ask what I plan to do once I completed everything my response would usually go something like this. Oh, I don't know. For now, I'm just working to complete my degree, one class at a time. I believe God will make it clear to me one day, I just need to keep working, like that little switch engine towards finishing my requirements one step at a time. Sometimes I would hear, words of encouragement and positive affirmation that I was working towards a second degree or a second career and one that was in full-time ministry. My mentor, Pastor Glenna Manning, was a great help and provided me with words of wisdom and encouragement along the way. But other times, I would hear words that weren't very encouraging at all. In fact, one time when I shared with someone what I was doing, they looked at me curiously and responded with a comment, Well, I guess God can use anyone, no matter how old they are, to further his work in the world. To this I responded, yes, evidently I am living proof that he can. After I was commissioned as a provisional candidate for future ordination for deacon's orders, I was provided with the opportunity to work here at Concord for 10 hours a week and at Susanna's House, a local nonprofit organization focused on helping women recover from substance use disorder for 30 hours a week. The Reverend Rebecca Fetzer, the founder and executive director of Susanna's House, asked me to work with her to develop a brand-new program for housing. I agreed, and we worked together along with Dr. Lisa Harris, the clinical director, to develop a first-of-its-kind housing program for pregnant or postpartum mothers who participate in the intensive outpatient program at Susanna's House and who are homeless or, or have no place to live with their baby. It has been both a challenging and rewarding experience to develop this program and to see it come into fruition. Here at Concord, I have had the opportunity to work with our wonderful staff in the areas of hospitality and facilities and visioning, prepare devotionals and served as worship host here and the other service. I have also had a chance to lead a couple of Sunday school classes and share the work that I've been doing over the past year at Susanna's house with others. Last week, Pastor Will shared with all of us the exciting vision for our church to be the most welcoming, helpful, and courageous church possible as we live out our mission to share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith. He also mentioned that it's going to take all of us to be vested and involved in our community of faith to make this vision a reality. Personally, as the administrative pastor, one of the areas of focus for me will be the area of hospitality, so you can expect me to be reaching out to you as we develop and implement ways to make our congregants and our guests feel welcome into our community of faith. I will also be responsible for working with our business manager, finance team, facilities manager, and board of trustees to ensure that we operate our church as effectively and efficiently as possible. However, I believe my biggest responsibility will be to take care of the most important item listed on my job description to complete other duties as assigned. Friends, I am living proof that God can and does use each one of us to further his mission in the world. All of us have something to offer. Sometimes we already have the knowledge we need, but at other times we might need to learn something new. I pray that each one of you will take time to listen to the Holy Spirit as you spend time in prayer and reflect on how God might be leading you as you journey in your walk with Christ. In closing, I want to share with you that during my interview with the staff parish committee for my new role in our church, I was asked what my favorite Bible verse was. Without hesitation, I shared that it was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. This verse provided me with strength when I experienced unexpected job changes, struggled while trying to juggle commitments with work while I was studying in seminary, and truly understanding that I was being called into full-time ministry. If you don't have a Bible verse, that you can hold to during times of trouble, I challenge you to find one that speaks to you. I also shared with the staff parish committee that I have been inspired by words from Dave Ramsey, who is a radio show host and author, amongst other things. Dave tells his listeners that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I believe that my experiences learned through my many years of working in the world of business, along with my education at Asbury Theological Seminary, provides me with a solid foundation for the role that I am eager to take on in our church. I am very grateful for this opportunity and look forward to working with all of you in my role as the administrative pastor. In the words of St. Paul, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who gives me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. And I thank each of you and all of those who have mentored me, provided me with encouragement, and consider me trustworthy for this opportunity. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.